98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines. Human rights group criticised the extensive use of pepper spray by police last night in central Amman Kork, including an attack on an RTHK reporter. Republican Senator Josh Hawley has introduced legislation to the US Senate calling for tough new sanctions on Hong Kong and mainland officials. And President Trump has weighed into Britain's forthcoming election, criticising the opposition Labour Party leader Jeremy Corbyn. The human rights group has criticised the extensive use of pepper spray by police in central Mong Kok last night. Television footage shows one man being sprayed in the face at close range while talking to an officer. An RTHK reporter was sprayed twice in Lang Kwai Fong when he asked for an officer's ID number and he was pushed away by police and had a torch shone in his eyes. Claudia Yip from the Hong Kong Human Rights Monitor says verbally challenging police doesn't warrant the use of pepper spray. The use of pepper spray is inappropriate and disproportionate and unnecessary. The use of pepper spray is only allowed when police are under threat. There was no threat when there's just a citizen challenging a police officer verbally. So this is a misuse of pepper spray and a violation of these guidelines and manuals. The Lang Kwai Fong Association says restaurants and bars in the area had at least a 50% drop in business last night compared to previous Halloween celebrations. The group's director, Anthea Cheung, says everything was peaceful when people wearing masks gathered in the area at around 7pm. But police soon stopped people from entering, saying it was too crowded, and later started firing tear gas nearby. Ms Cheung says some places were forced to close early due to the tear gas, and many customers cancelled bookings with the most popular establishments only half full. IT sector lawmaker Charles Mark has questioned how the government can enforce its latest injunction banning anyone from posting messages online that incite violence. The interim order is in force until mid-November, when there will be a formal court hearing. Mr Mark called the move an extremely dangerous precedent and compared it to the Great Firewall of China. He fears it will make citizens angry, much like the anti-mask law has, because people will think the government is bypassing legislature to exert more control. The government may think that this will give them more power to target certain individuals who might be committing these acts. But I think it's very clear to us that the biggest problem that they face right now is how to identify these people and go after them. There are existing laws already, so it's totally unclear to me what an injunction order may bring to the power of the prosecution or the police. Pro-democracy lawmaker Claudia Mo questioned the scope of the injunction. I am personally extremely suspicious that even if you just express expletives, say you go to hell, I mean, oh, this hell thing could mean violence and you're pro-violence and they can take, I don't know, judicial action against you. They can claim that you are in contempt of court. Vice-Chancellor of the University of Hong Kong, Zhang Xiang, says he hopes to organise a forum with students and staff this month to discuss the way forward amidst the current political crisis. Students earlier issued him an ultimatum threatening to escalate their actions if he didn't respond to their demands, such as issuing a statement condemning police brutality. The High Court has heard that the Chief Executive does have the authority under the Emergency Regulations Ordinance to bring in the anti-mask law. 
court is hearing a judicial review filed by 24 pan-democratic lawmakers. They argue that Carrie Lam bypassed the legislature to impose the mask ban, thereby violating the basic law. But lawyers acting for the government say the emergency laws existed before the handover and they are still on the statute book. The High Court has refused to grant an interim injunction to prevent people attacking TVB journalists and the company's equipment. Hong Kong's largest private sector broadcaster made the application on Monday, saying TVB had been a target for protesters who viewed the station as being pro-Beijing. But the judge said there had been no such attacks during the past month and an injunction would be difficult to enforce. A senior mainland official who advises Beijing on the basic law says China will not tolerate any acts that challenge the bottom line of the one country, two systems principle. Shen Chun Yao, who heads the basic law committee of the National People's Congress Standing Committee, says Hong Kong was an important part of the discussion at the Communist Party's fourth plenary session, which concluded yesterday. Mr Shen, who also chairs the Standing Committee's Legislative Affairs Commission, says Beijing will stop any interference by so-called foreign forces and safeguard national security in Hong Kong. Republican Senator Josh Hawley has introduced legislation to the US Senate calling for tough new sanctions on Hong Kong and Maryland officials who crack down on pro-democracy protesters here. Wendy Wong reports. The Hong Kong Be Water Act condemns Beijing for violating the Sino-British Joint Declaration of 1984 and the Basic Law. It also calls for sanctions against Hong Kong and mainland officials and those operating on their behalf who suppress Hong Kongers' freedom of speech and right to demonstrate. If passed, the bill could lead to the freezing of assets belonging to Chinese nationals and state-owned enterprises connected to the crackdown through the use of the Global Magnitsky Act. This allows the U.S. government to place sanctions on officials implicated in human rights abuses anywhere in the world. Senator Hawley recently visited the SAR to witness the protests and said Hong Kong was rapidly becoming a police state. Beijing authorities have accused Britain of confusing right with wrong in its latest report on Hong Kong. The half-yearly report covers the six months to June the 30th and questions Hong Kong's handling of the extradition legislation and subsequent protests. Tom McLinden reports. The Foreign Affairs Office in Hong Kong says the UK's six-monthly report endorses violent demonstrations and fails to distinguish the SAR's law-based governance and efforts of the police against crime committed by violent extremists. It accuses Britain of continually pointing fingers at the Sino-British Joint Declaration, saying all obligations under this were fulfilled on the 1st of July 1997. It says the UK no longer has any right of supervision over Hong Kong. Earlier, the Hong Kong government rejected the report, saying it had launched a diverse diversified dialogue platform and would invite community leaders and experts to conduct a thorough and independent examination of the social conflicts in Hong Kong. A man has died after he was found with serious stab wounds near an industrial building in Toon Moon. He was found lying in a pool of blood near the building on Kin Fat Street at around 6am with a knife next to him. North Korea says it has successfully conducted another test of super-large multiple rocket launchers. The North Korean news agency said the test verified that the rocket launchers were able to totally destroy a group of targets. Earlier, the South Korean military said Pyongyang fired two short-range projectiles towards the Sea of Japan. A law to introduce new controls on the internet has come into force in Russia. Critics fear the Kremlin wants to create an internet firewall similar to that in China, is the BBC's Ian McWilliam. The authorities say the new law will ensure the stable operation of the Russian internet in an emergency and will protect the system from hostile attacks from abroad. 
The sovereign internet law gives the government wide theoretical powers to restrict internet traffic. But experts say it's unclear how these powers might be applied or how effectively they can be implemented. Potentially, the Kremlin may be able to switch off connections completely to the World Wide Web. A spokesman for the Russian Ministry of Communications, however, said that users won't notice any change. The impeachment investigation into President Trump has moved to a new, more public stage after a vote along party lines in the House of Representatives. Allegations that Mr Trump abused his office and endangered national security will now be tested in televised hearings. After Democrats won the vote by a margin of 36, Democratic Congressman Brad Sherman said opening up the impeachment inquiry was in the public's best interest. I think now it's time for us to present to the American people what the president has hardy confessed to, and that is he didn't just condition USA to the Ukraine. He conditioned it not on achieving a, a, a U.S. government purpose, but instead upon uh, the Ukrainian government helping his re-election campaign. This was the solicitation of the largest illegal campaign contribution I'm aware of. President Trump has weighed into Britain's forthcoming election, criticizing the opposition Labour Party leader Jeremy Corbyn. In a radio interview with the Brexit supporter Nigel Farage, Mr Trump heaped praise on his right-wing host and the Prime Minister Boris Johnson. I know that you and him will end up doing something that could be terrific if you and he get together as, you know, unstoppable force. And Corbyn would be so bad for your country. He'd be so bad, he'd take you in such a bad way. He'd take you into such bad places. Mr Corbyn replied by tweeting Donald Trump was interfering in Britain's election to get his friend Boris Johnson elected. A ban on smoking in restaurants and bars has come into force in Austria. About a quarter of Austrians over the age of 15 smoke daily, is the BBC's Bethany Bell. After years of controversy, Austria has banned smoking in restaurants, cafes and bars. Doctors say the long overdue move paves the way for a new era in health. The country had been on the verge of bringing in a total ban last year, but the plans were overturned because of pressure from the far-right Freedom Party, which was part of the last government. The former head of the Freedom Party, Heinz-Christian Strache, himself a smoker, had argued that people should have freedom of choice. New research has shown that measles can wreck the body's immunity to other diseases. Scientists call the mechanism immunological amnesia. Research coincides with a sharp drop in vaccination rates in several countries. Here's the BBC's Fergus Walsh. Researchers analysed the blood of more than 100 Dutch children who'd not been vaccinated with MMR before and after they'd caught measles. They were able to show that the measles virus can have two powerful effects on the immune system, wiping out existing antibodies built up against other diseases and reducing the number of naive immune cells available to fight future infections. Public health officials say this research underlines the importance of children getting both doses of the MMR vaccine. Finance and a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,024. That's 117 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $43 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 108.03 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 11 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 15 cents. Sport now and here's Adam Chung. We start with tennis. The world number one Ashley Barty is through to the last four of the WTA finals in Shenzhen after a straight sets win over the sixth seed Petra Kvitova. 
but two more players have pulled out of the event because of injury and illness. Kiki Burtons, the late replacement following the withdrawal of Naomi Osaka, had to retire because of illness during her match with Belinda Bencic on Thursday. And the U.S. Open champion Bianca Andreescu confirmed that the knee injury she picked up in her second round robin match would prevent her from continuing the tournament. Tennis journalist Courtney Nian says players find it tough to be in top physical shape at this time of the year. It's always going to be an issue that that kind of comes up at the towards the tail end of uh, the season for uh, for the entire sport, uh, both the guys' side and the women's, just in terms of trying to play as much as you can to try and secure these very prestigious positions in the season-ending championships, and then whether or not your body is is ready to go once you you take the court, then that becomes more of an issue. The men's world number one Novak Djokovic is through to the quarterfinals of the Paris Masters after a straight sets win over Kyle Edmund. The four-time Paris champion will now play the seventh seed Stefano Tsitsipas. Rafael Nadal beats Stan Wawrinka in straight sets to reach the last eight. Wawrinka is now out of contention for a place in the end-of-season ATP finals. Now, the Scottish Youth Football Association has issued new advice to its member clubs, calling for a removal of all heading drills in training and, as much as possible, to avoid heading the ball during matches. More from the BBC's Roddy Forsyth. The Scottish Youth Football Association has advised coaches to remove drills which involve heading the ball from all training sessions with players aged under 11 and they've recommended that heading is removed from games played by the same age group. The move follows research by the University of Glasgow which didn't specifically investigate the effects of persistent heading but which did establish that former professional footballers are three and a half times more likely to die of degenerative brain disease. The United States has banned children from heading footballs since 2014. The Golden State Warriors will have to carry on without their superstar Steph Curry for what could be an extended period. The two-time NBA Most Valuable Player broke his left hand after falling awkwardly during Golden State's loss to Phoenix on Wednesday. Curry underwent a CT scan and will have specialists evaluate the results before the club can give an update on his status. The Warriors, already missing Clay Thompson for the season, have dropped three of their first four games, including two lopsided defeats. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top story once again. Human rights group has criticised the extensive use of pepper spray by police last night in Central and in Mong Kok, including on an RTHK reporter. And that's the news from RTHK. Carriage of passengers for hire or reward in a van-type light goods vehicle is illegal. In addition, when such a van is used for carrying passengers for hire or reward, the third-party insurance covering the vehicle may become invalid. The Transport Department reminds members of the public not to hire a van-type light goods vehicle if they are not delivering goods. Falling all over love I do it till it's last
Been missing on these days What you been waiting for 10.30, no later than Drop them drawers I know what you want My man is my man Is your man hurt is her man too My man is my man Is your man hurt That's her man Tuesday and Wednesday Thursday and Friday I just keep him satisfied Good afternoon, everyone. Happy Friday and welcome to the 123 Show. I'm Karen Ko. I'll be with you through till 3 o'clock this afternoon. And on today's show, lots of different things coming up. We'll be featuring a story from one of the winners of Hong Kong's Top Story Competition 2018. Matt Lung will read his own story, Confessions of a Street Busker, which was the second prize winner in the junior category. On our Frisky Friday segment, we're joined by registered psychotherapist and chartered psychologist Dr. Eslyn Terragena to talk about BDSM and other deviant sexual fantasies. And the Hong Kong International Literature Festival starts today and will be joined later in the show by Pulitzer Prize winning photographer and photojournalist Liu Hung Xing. And of course, we round out the week with one last track from our album of the week, Sundarakama's You Feel Us Alphabet. Let's get started with some music now. Here is Clean Bandit and Jess Glynn with Rather Be.